Hello, and welcome again to the King's International Spiritual Care University. This is Pastor Deborah, your teacher of a global spiritual teaching ministry sponsored by and of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries. Pastor Deborah, me, have been teaching for many, many years on spiritual issues that affect every human and affect kingdoms on planet Earth. Yeah, kingdoms, can you believe it? And I want to just say welcome. This is another basic class, as you can see. We are still in the basic section. There is so much you must learn in the basic foundational information about how to help people the Lord's way. Remember, Pastor Deborah had been a licensed clinically mental health counselor at a national and state level, trying to help people with issues and problems of mental health of biological problems, and I wasn't very successful. I never seemed to fit in. I was always what you would call an electic, sort of, I didn't follow any particular theory of helping people. I didn't follow any particular person and their beliefs of helping people. Remember, Pastor Deborah had been saved, born again, and believing in this Jesus Christ of Nazareth since she was, since I was about three or four years old. Sort of grew up in church, many different denominations. Even during my college years, I went looking in communes, trying to find him. I can remember in one church where I was in the youth choir, went to Sunday school. I used to sit in the church and say, where are the prostitutes? Where are the minorities? I couldn't see them because this particular denomination didn't believe in that. They were segregated out, separated from their fellow humans. So I struggled for many, many years. But I did keep reading my Bible that was given to me when I was a young child. It was the authorized King James Version. Yeah, it's hard to read because of the these and the thous. But over time, you will just automatically change that. I did do a study of Bibles, which is another basic course for you to learn about because many Bibles have many different translations. Did you know that once the Bible was printed in many people's native languages, the enemy of this word decided to own and buy some of the translating companies and use people to just twist, leave out, pervert just a a 1% or a half percent of the word. I like the King James because I did a Bible study on it, not a Bible study, excuse me. I watched a video that was made years ago about the making of the King James Bible. And it had to do with King James of Scotland, whose mother was Catherine, I think that was her name, or could be Mary, not quite sure. She was the daughter of the first wife of Henry VIII, who was Catholic. And they got banished uh, to Scotland. And um, 
I think it was Scotland. Could have been Ireland. I think it was Scotland. And uh, in there, he was brought up Protestant and had a wonderful teacher. And his teacher taught him to let the Holy Spirit be the interpreter of the Word of God. Back in England, there was two Bibles going on. One was called the, the Geneva Bible, and one was the Bishop's Bible. The Bishop's Bible was the one that was translated from Latin into English, very poor. And these bishops actually were former Catholic priests or bishops. Their Bible was very poorly translated. And then the other Bible, the Geneva Bible, was sort of translated by the people. And the people were what you might call the early form of the pilgrims. And uh, they but did not love and like royalty and kings in any manner. They didn't like you to wear any kind of jewelry or gold or anything. And we see that in their dress. If you study the history of England, you'll study about Cornwall, who overthrew the king for a while, trying to get the country back to Puritism, which was back to just basically, and you see it in their clothes, black and white, no gold, no rings, no jewelry, things like that. Great study uh, during this time. Well, what happened was he got overthrown after a while, and England was looking for a king. They had always had one. And Queen Elizabeth, who had just died, had no children. So they went to Queen Elizabeth I's sister, who was off banished. And she uh, was Catholic. But by this time, England had become Protestant under Queen Elizabeth. And things had settled down some. So then James was brought in to replay to be the king of both England and Scotland. And what happened was that King James had been brought up, like I said, as his by his teacher, to allow the Holy Spirit to be the interpreter. And so King James did not believe in I mean all these different commentaries in the Bible, did not believe to be have commentaries by the old Catholic Church, sort of with a veneer of Protestantism on it, or by the people who didn't believe in kingship and royalty, uh, not interpreting the Bible from a king and a kingdom perspective, which once, as you learn, as we'll get into the advanced uh, lessons of the International Spiritual Care University, you will learn that you must learn about kingdoms and kings. So King James had it right. He didn't want any commentaries, so he had he called forth the bishops and all the people uh, that did the Geneva Bible and set them down and said, use your best minds, interpret out of Greek and Hebrew, which King James could read and had studied. Just put the words in the Bible. No commentary by anybody. The Holy Spirit will do the rest. He will interpret it. He will teach it. He will lead them into what the Greek and the Hebrew, the Aramaic words had said out of the Bible. So once Pastor Deborah understood that, she had to rely on the Holy Spirit to be her teacher. To take the words that were Greek and Hebrew, because I didn't read either one, never studied them, 
and interpret them to me as what the heavenly father had meant because all the meanings were spiritual. Now, if you study the Bible, which is going to help us with this class of a basic ancient heart, you will learn that the Old Testament was God trying to help the darkened spiritual man and the soul that had been disconnected from the kingdom of heaven and all knowledge of it. He was trying to reign in and rule. They were like children. They were foolishness and Everything was just in it, and they were a mess. It was trying to help them control their physical bodies and trying to teach their soul that had no spiritual knowledge and could not because it was lacking in the inner Holy Spirit, the teacher. So that was what the Old Testament was trying to do. And God was like a parent, very frustrated with his children who didn't understand, who were very rebellious. He was losing his temper a lot. He had to put them in time out, go to your room, think about it, and come back. He had to walk away from them many times because he's frustrated. Because with the flesh and the soul disconnected, being without the Holy Spirit, they could not understand the spiritual meanings that were in the Old Testament spoken by the prophets, the laws that were given, any of it. Because it was all just interpreted through the darkened soul that worked through the physical senses, the five senses, and the physical body's chemicals and its hormones and electrical connections. So, the Old Testament has to be opened up to you spiritually. And the only way that could happen was through the Holy Spirit. So, when Pastor Deborah began studying how to help people the Lord's way, I stayed with the King James Bible. I did use the Strong's Concordance and the Webster's Dictionary. The dictionary my son had in the 8th grade. Because those were my three tools that I used. I looked up words, definitions, concepts. Uh, what does that word mean? Do you know that one time God had me study one word called mother? Mm-hmm. Then maybe another word. And I had to look up every scripture reference just for that one word. And I had to read them. And then I had to sit and go, Holy Spirit, I don't understand what you're trying to reveal to me spiritually. My spirit was at work. My soul was trying to grasp things that had not really been taught spiritually in any church. So the Holy Spirit became my teacher. And even today, when I don't get it, I don't understand what you're saying. Sometimes he will give me a movie to watch or rewatch. Did you know at one time I was watching the trilogy called The Matrix back in 1999? God made me write down every single word of that movie. He was starting to show me that he was speaking to the writers of the movie in dreams and visions. And there was hidden spiritual meanings in it. I didn't know that. And then God started opening up other movies. And I could see visually and hear things that he's talking to me about the Bible. 
So that's where I began my basic learning. But now let's get to the basic ancient heart. And it's so wonderful to have you here today and you're learning. I hope you got your notebooks out and your papers. Remember, it takes years and years of study, learning. I just did a wonderful review of a video for a young girl. I'm not the best on YouTube and making videos. I don't have the best setup and the lighting. I am all alone. And I have to watch other people's videos on YouTube to show me about lighting and microphones and uh, the best way to put my head in the frame and how much to have up here. And if you look at many of the videos, you'll see I've added different things and lights and frames, which is different than if you're on regular TV. They don't like those pretty little f frames and stuff. And you are limited by time on regular TV. So I had to learn. I had to practice. I didn't even like listening to my voice. When I recorded it, I didn't know how to look into the camera and see you out there. Say, hi. And I'm looking at a camera. And I'm looking out my window. And I can see students in the spirit sitting in a classroom. I had to learn. It took some time, but I got there. And you are now enjoying that. So I'm glad that you're here today. And if you remember, these classes were are vital in you learning how to help people the Lord's way. There are a lot of videos and documentaries and testimonies on the website of www.agapeloveishere.org. I think that's right. And you will also learn from them. These are all the movies, the documentaries that Pastor Deborah watched over the years, each one helped me to see something, learn something. I've watched them and rewatched them. Did you know, for about five years, every Sunday, no matter what I was doing, if I was painting, driving, at home, outside, I would listen to the Gospel of John movie, a three-hour movie. Faithfully, I even exercised during that time. For three hours, I watched the movie for five years. Looked up the scriptures, just the Gospel of John. There are movies of all the New Testament ones, wonderful movies to watch. So don't think that I'm your only teacher and the only way you can learn. I'm just telling you Pastor Deborah's journey. That's all. And I'm telling you and giving you benefits of the lessons I had to learn. And learning this basic ancient heart that we're going to talk about was one of them. All right, are you ready? Let's begin. In the former basic heart, part one and two, you were taught about the Heavenly Father's heart. Now, in these two, in these classes, probably going to be a few of them, we'll begin with part three. I'm going to teach on another basic ancient heart that everyone who wants to help people the Lord's way must know about. That includes you. And this basic ancient heart, it also seeks to satisfy its desire, its purposes. Here on earth, just as the Heavenly Father taught us in part one and two, and spoke out words prophesying and decreeing what his 
heart's desires were. You'll find that in Isaiah 61 and 62. That wonderful heavenly Father, the great I am, God Almighty, Jehovah. He tells us, he prophesies to the earth, he speaks to it, to all of humanity for all of time. Even this basic ancient heart, we're going to study, begin studying. He heard this, and he knows it. And he's trying to get the same thing down here on earth with all the creation. So this basic class, this ancient heart, part three, will just introduce you to an ancient heart. One who was of great beauty and magnificent and filled with glory and sounds and majesty. One who was born, created, sort of birthed in the first age of creation. In the first morning, sort of speaking. The first day of creation. What was his name? Lucifer. Oh, yeah, everybody knows his name. Even the guys that don't believe in Jesus know of him. Lucifer. His word meant son of the morning. Son of the morning star. He was the offspring of the first age of creation. The morning. In learning how to help people the Lord's way, I, Pastor Deborah, had to study him, had to learn about him, about his ancient heart as Lucifer. I knew nothing really about him and nothing about his heart, that was for sure, when I was a licensed mental health counselor and I was in religion, in denominations or even non-denominations they didn't speak about him as a real person they didn't talk much about his beginnings and how beautiful he was but I had to study him requirement to help people the Lord's way he began his life as a beautiful creature the Holy Spirit said study him study his beginning his birth his creation his gifts his purposes what he was created to do In the kingdom of heaven, way up in that unseen spiritual realm. The first realm that was created. Study him. Because you'll learn a lot about yourself. I go, what? But I studied. And I learned. I needed to know about the early beginnings of creation. Of the realm of the spirit. Of the realm of the kingdom of heaven. Because later on that was going to be vital to me. To learn about the creatures, the creation of the kingdom of heaven, what was in it, its purposes, who created it, where was it? I had to study it because it was going to become vital to my life, my future, my future life, and to all that I was going to be doing to help people the Lord's way. I was to study this Lucifer in his new creation form of a beauty i was to study his image his likeness where did he get it from who gave it to him what were his purposes what did he look like what did he do 
in this realm of the unseen, this realm called the spirit, this realm called the kingdom of heaven. I knew nothing, but I was fixing to learn, and so will you. Not only did I have to study Lucifer and his beginnings and his ancient hort, but I had to believe in this spiritual knowledge I was learning, that I was gathering, that the Holy Spirit was teaching me layer upon layer upon layer out of the Strong's Concordance, out of the Webster's Dictionary, out of movies. I was learning. I was growing. Little did I know that I was studying Lucifer's ancient heart of beauty, and it would help me to understand humanity and its beginnings of a being of beauty. I would also be spiritually learning about the beginning of humanity here on earth, but first humanity as well as Lucifer began somewhere else, began in the very deepness, the chambers of the very mind and heart of this God, this creator. We all began there in seed form, sort of sperm form. We all had to be consummated, come together inside of him, and then breathed out, sort of like coming out of the womb. Now, in Lucifer's state, he was to be a servant, not a child, not a family member of this God. He was the servant of this God. And he was given at his birth, his creation, many wonderful gifts. He was like, comes out a full adult. All knowledge doesn't have to grow up, doesn't have to take any test, doesn't have to go to school. He's just given it on the inside of him. And he was a beautiful creature. And I had to study him. And then the Holy Spirit would teach me about the humanity's beginning in a creature called man. That means the spiritual being, not a gender or a sex, inside of a dirt body called humus, called the Son of Man. That was sort of the full title. And what he was like in his beginnings. There was a little difference, and we'll get to that in another teaching. So I began studying this basic ancient hort as it was in its beginnings. It's day of creation, the day that he became the son, the offspring of the morning, the first age of creation, the offspring and the son of that. But he was just a servant. This began in Pastor Deborah's life about 1996. Oh, that was a long time ago, another millennium, I think. I had been on a church's prayer team, and on its deliverance personal ministry team, helping people that were having spiritual issues, issues of mental health, and biological issues. This church was in a global revival that had started in 1995 with a young evangelist named Steve Hill. He had been in a mighty revival for about five years in Argentina. And he had come back up to America. And he was coming to this Assembly of God church called Brownsville Assembly of God. 
He was the friend of the pastor, Pastor John Kilpatrick. And he started for years when he was in Argentina. He would talk to this Pastor John and tell him what God was doing down there. The demons were manifesting. People's teeth were getting filled with gold. And a man who was the evangelist was a man who had not gone to Bible school, was not an ordained minister in any way, was just worked in a nut and bolt factory. And this young Steve was so encouraging to Pastor Kilpatrick that Pastor Kilpatrick went into his own sanctuary that held about a thousand people, threw his keys down and told God he was not satisfied. He was on television. He had great praise and worship. He had wonderful Bible studies, about a thousand members. But his heart, after talking to Steve, being encouraged that there was more to God that Pastor Kilpatrick ever knew or saw. Pastor Kilpatrick became tired of the way it was. He wanted more. He wanted God. He said, God, if there, if you cannot bring more to my life, if this is all there is, I quit. So you have to have a seeking heart. You want to want more than what you know. But you must get there through encouragement and support by another person who has seen more. Of the Lord. So Steve came on Sunday, Father's Day, 1995, preached, they said, like a wild stallion. I wasn't there. I missed it by six weeks. But what happened here in Pensacola, he began touching people and they started receiving a touch from the Lord. Pastor Kilpatrick had his story goes that he had preached for two years on revival. And he had changed his order of service. Sunday night became a prayer and Holy Communion night. He lost many members, which he told he was told by the Lord he would, but he would gain many more. But there was still one thing that had to be dealt with, and each one of us will have to deal with it, our pride. Pastor Kilpatrick was a good-looking young man, tall, dark and handsome, sort of speaking. And he was on television. He was not a very political person, so he wasn't involved in the churches, the assembly of God's politics. But he had pride. And God had to humble him and said, if you don't humble yourself, I will pass you by. Many people have too much pride, too much dependence on the world. They are not connected to people who have lived and seen things such as Steve did. And they won't humble themselves. So Pastor Kilpatrick's story is, he stopped his car. He was driving, got out, and kneeled down on the side of the road and prayed to God to take that pride away. He had grown up in a church that didn't believe in this. They downplayed all this, what they call manifestations of the Spirit. They didn't want to seem to be kooky or out of place. They wanted to be accepted in society. So he had grown up. This way, But when he was a child, he was a praying man. And what happened to him, he saw angels during prayer time. But as a young minister in a denomination, they wanted to be a part of the sort of conservative type. Because they were considered to be from the wrong side of the tracks, getting way off in praise and worship. So he kind of calmed everything down. 
He kind of wrapped God up, kicked him out, and said, we aren't going to allow you to do that. But here's this Steve down in Argentina telling people, God is wonderful. There's so much more. Oh, my gosh. Steve had never seen a demonic manifestation, never dealt with them, never seen such signs and wonders and miracles. And he would talk to Pastor Kilpatrick on the phone, and Kilpatrick's getting excited, and he wanted it. But it took still two years of teaching, preparing the church. So then I entered in in 1995, six weeks after it started. I have a lot of the videos on the website under testimony. You'll see the children will be touched. Don't you ever leave them out. I have to help a lot of pastors. And I send these videos to show them that the children can be touched and they are used mightily by God. Nobody is left out. So what happened when I'm here? Now, I know nothing about this ancient heart, this Lucifer. Nothing. Mental health does not teach about this. It does not teach about the spirit realm. It does not teach about God and Lucifer and the kingdom of heaven. It doesn't teach about the presence of God. But the church did, but it was so, it wasn't there. You didn't see any signs and wonders and God moved. I think he was kept out of the church. Why? I don't know. But I got called there and I got drawn there. And it was right here in Pensacola. It was wonderful. I didn't have to fly anywhere, get on a bus. My son and I, uh, James, who's actually the webmaster of God Be Love, he was in it as a child from 10 years on. It was excellent. So what happened was that's where I was beginning. God was taking me from helping people the mental health counselor's way to helping people the Lord's way. And studying this basic ancient heart, Lucifer, was one of those steps that I had to take. By being in this revival called the Brownsville Revival, I had personal experiences that probably 99.9% of believers did not have. I saw things, experienced things, learned deliverance, casting out of devils, saw people being healed of mental health issues. And I had these experiences for about five, six, seven, eight years. Most of the time I was just like, okay, okay. But I went to the Word, and I saw that this was happening with the multitudes. The very first time that I started hearing in the Spirit during these days, I, I'll tell you the story. It's real quick, kind of funny. I was walking with another person going into a university, and in front of us was a man and two ladies. And this man looked back at us, at Pastor Deborah and another person, and I heard him thinking. I heard him say, I don't want to hold open that door for those. And I'm going, what is going on? Am I hearing voices? Because that was mental health. But I heard him say that. But his mouth didn't move. So I went to the Word. And I found where it said Jesus perceived, heard, understood their thoughts. I go, okay, I was hearing him thinking. I was hearing him speaking through his thoughts. Okay, if Christ Jesus did it, and I'm to be like him with his mind, then I'm supposed to do it. Okay. I was an easy learner if I was experiencing something. So from 1995 to about 2005, maybe or later, I stayed in this environment. Now it changed. 
That's for sure. And it eventually ended because Satan is never going to let something last very long. He's going to get in there and mess it up. But what had happened was I began learning about this basic ancient heart. And I learned well. But by the time I got here in that revival, that basic ancient heart that had began as a beauty had become a beast, an adversary of God that I knew nothing about. Oh, I'd read the Bible, but it didn't make any sense. It wasn't real. Saw him dressed up at Halloween. Saw all the movies. Because I was just told there was none. He was not real. There is no spirit realm. You can't, that, that just, you know, the pastors didn't teach about it. You didn't see anything. But I did. I saw people's eyes roll back in their head. I heard growls come out of their mouth. I saw demonic spirits at work in people that didn't know they had them. And I had to go study them. But before I could really begin a lot of that, I had to understand both of these ancient hearts. The one of the Heavenly Father that you will read in Isaiah 61 and 62. And Lucifer's who became Satan. I had to be tested. And I was asked an important question. One night in a praise and worship service. What was the desires of my heart? I'm going to read my personal story about this. Because everyone must be asked that question. Tested to find out what your heart is. And did it line up with God's? Or did it line up with the other ancient one? I had to be tested so I could be trusted with a powerful spiritual knowledge about many, many things. I had to be trusted with spiritual information so I could teach you. I had to learn and be tested. All of you will be asked this same question. Doesn't matter what you do for the Lord, somewhere in a dream or by somebody, you will be asked, what is the desires of your heart? Here is Pastor Deborah's story from 1995, and it's based on John 4, 23 through 24, from the authorized King James Version. Verse 23, but the hour comes... And now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeks such to worship him. This was one of the background verses to this story that you have to have. And that one is a good teaching just on itself. Verse 24. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Let's go to the next one. John five twenty four, Verse 24. Truly, truly, I say unto you, he that spiritually hears my spiritual words. This is Christ Jesus talk of spirit and life. And spiritually believes on him, the heavenly father, that spiritually sent me, the son, the Christ, 
the Word, His image and likeness, His everlasting spiritual life in the Holy Spirit. That's all what He's saying. And those that believe in me shall not come spiritually into spiritual condemnation. The second death. We're already condemned from Adam. While born in darkness, shaped by iniquity, conceived in sin. That's a done deal. And but he's saying if you believe in me that I'm that I'm sent, you won't get that second one, the lake of fire. And what does the lake of fire, if you go and study the earth's core, that's what the, the lake of fire looks like. But instead is spiritually passed from spiritual death, separation from God, the first basic ancient heart, the heavenly father, unto spiritual life, unto the heavenly father and the kingdom of heaven. From here, these basic scriptures, my story begins with me and the Holy Spirit. And it continued to bring me spiritually into the spiritual fullness of these treasures and these riches of being spiritually one in total intimacy with the Heavenly Father. As Christ Jesus was and still is. So I was asked... One night, right in church, during praise and worship, with my hands raised up, eyes closed, just singing away, worshiping in spirit, praising his name. All of a sudden I heard, what was the desires of your heart? That was the Holy Spirit that was inside of me. He was speaking for the Father. My hands were raised. The music was playing. Nobody was around. I mean, there were people wasn't an audible voice. Sure sounded loud, though. I did not hesitate. I immediately said, to be a spiritual mother of his agape love to all those in the occult, heavy metal music, Satanism, witchcraft, and in those in vampirism, homosexuality, child pornography, and all those in Satan's kingdom of darkness, to turn their hearts to the Heavenly Father. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God Himself, said immediately, It is done. Right then and there, I was called anointed to be a spiritual mother. What did that mean? Most of these people in the deep darkness have never had a true spiritual mother watching over them, nursing them with sweet milk, comforting them in their arms, rebuking them, disciplining them, helping them to grow and develop and anchor their soul and their spirit in love. So then when they get a little older, they can look up to the Father and not be afraid of Him. And they're ready to learn who their Father is. Little children don't, little babies in the earth, they are connected to mama, even in the animal nature. The male does not feed them, nurse them. He goes off and gets food and comes back, but he's gone all day. It's the mama. And I knew that by having my own child. I knew that by watching nature. I knew that about the father. And I asked to be a spiritual mother, not a mental health counselor, not a life coach, not a mentor. Not a thought influencer. 
but a mother. A mother is a thought influencer. A mother is a shepherd. A mother is a king and protects and guards this child. Mother's a warrior. A mother's a manager and administrator of that child's life. A mother is a nurturer. A mother is an encourager and a comforter. A mother will read and teach and train and discipline a child. And the mother provides the bonding to love if he gets it. But most of humanity did not get that spiritual anchor because they were orphans. You'll study a lot about orphans. Orphan means you have no mother and no father. So the spirit was an orphan. It had no mother. So I was going to be anointed and asked to be a spiritual mother and to carry this greatest gift called agape love to them, to reconnect them. So it was like when I came and they connected to me, They were connecting to him because he was going to be in me. They were getting a two, three, four, for one. When I came, they got the word. They got the Holy Spirit. When they accepted me as their mother and their spiritual mother and I adopted them, they got all of us. Now, they don't know anything about the others yet. They just feel this love, this eternal, unconditional love in their spirit. Their soul may be totally different. It may be fractured to multiple personalities, which most of them are. That's what trauma does and the spirit itself. And I knew that. So I asked to be a mother. And it was done that night. Little did I know what my declaration, my heart's desire. Remember, we're starting heart's desires here which was also the Heavenly Father's heart as well, what it meant for me and him and them, you. But I would find out very soon. Then soon after this very personal spiritual experience, I had another powerful one. This one occurred during a church service at the same church that was in this global revival. During a sermon of the pastor, the pastor, Pastor John Kilpatrick, was teaching one Sunday morning, and he was teaching on the blessings of Abraham. He was actually talking about the financial blessings. I go, okay. He finished, and he asked for all those who also wanted this blessing to stand up, raise your hands, and he would pray for us to have it. Boy, Those blessings really sounded great to me. So I stood up, raised my hands, and it happened. Oh, I didn't get the Abraham blessing he was talking about. But it was a blessing that was given to Abraham. No, instead I got a different kind. As my hands were raised, I began to feel great spiritual power and fire surging through my body and then the words came I am putting on you an anointing a blessing that will draw all to you out of the kingdom of darkness and even from my kingdom they will come spiritually remember those other verses his words are spirit they're to the spirit he's a spirit we're in the spirit now 
They would come spiritually. He was going to draw their spirits to me, to hear my voice, to hear my words, and to talk to me. Oh, he said, they're going to talk to you. They're going to ask me questions. They will come to hear my words of agape love for them through you. They will not come to hurt you, but hear your words and voice of agape love. So you can turn their hearts to me. That was a different kind of blessing than the pastor was teaching on. Because God was going to do a work in the spirit. I was going to be used spiritually. Still am today. Now, I don't control the anointing. I can't activate it. I don't know when I need it, when it's coming. But I have to pray that my spirit is always ready to it, open to it. I tell the Heavenly Father that whenever he needs me 24-7, I'm here. My spirit is ready to work. I have to pray over my ears so I can hear their voices. Sometimes they're off at a distance. Sometimes they're coming through people on the telephone. Sometimes I'm on the telephone talking to one person. And I have a crowd of spirits. They're all coming in, jumping in to this one person, talking through them. I also have to listen very carefully because the demons and Satan himself talk to me. Through people and not through people. I've had human spirits talk to me through animals. He's drawing them. Okay. Now this is done on the other side. But it's not using the Holy Spirit. It's using an unholy spirit. Because whatever God can do and wants to do, Satan knows it and he will use it. So I had to start studying all of this. I said, okay. Yet not knowing what this really meant. But I knew the Heavenly Father's ancient heart, Isaiah 61 and 62, that I had studied and learned from out of those verses. I knew the Heavenly Father needed and labored together with humans, just as he did long ago. I knew that. And he was looking for somebody to partner with, be one with, so him And I could be when Jesus said, I see what my father's doing. I only do what my father's doing. I'm only telling you what my father says to me. I was coming into that relationship that Christ Jesus had through the Holy Spirit with the father. I'd read about this in the book. I'd seen it in the gospel of John and all the gospels. I had heard this through prophets. I believed he was the same today. As he was back in the ancient days. And did you know that what he did with Lucifer. Is he would breathe speak through Lucifer. Through. Now here's the pattern. Through Lucifer. Words. And they would come out as light. Music. Song. Would go out as instructions. As power. As glory. Out into the realm of the spirit to all others. I knew that pattern by studying the basic ancient heart of Lucifer. So then I learned that Christ said he's in me. Holy Spirit. He's coming out through me. So I go, okay. Same pattern. 
So I knew we would spiritually be working together in unknown ways that I didn't know about. I weren't taught about in mental health counseling, that's for sure. And very little talked about in any church denomination I went to. He was going to reach out through Pastor Deborah spiritually and touch people in the kingdom of darkness who were blind, deaf, dumb, living in fear, trances with multiple personnel, serving Satan with their spirits and living with darkened minds, blind, deaf, and dumb. But they were precious human spirits to him that he wanted to touch. He wanted to reach and heal and birth again unto him and apply the blood of the cross to them so they could have a mother and father be back in the family of the kingdom of heaven. He was working. He was always working. Still is. And he didn't just go through biblically graduated students of Bible schools. He didn't work through PhDs and doctors. He was working through a young lady named, my name was Jan at the time, not even Pastor Deborah. But I was getting there because a mother's a pastor. Little did I know that, but I learned it. So this anointing and this blessing is still on me today. And it's a part of my life. I have to treasure it, carry it very carefully. I don't talk too much about it. I'm teaching on it. I can't give it to you. I can't transfer it to you. It comes from him. You must be tested. You must. Your heart must be tried. You will go through fire once you get it. Because Satan's going to come along who Lucifer became, the adversary of God. And he's going to test your words and your faith and what you said. And he's going to challenge you and God for this. And this Anointing and blessing is still on Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries, on all the global teachings that go all around the world in the realm of the Spirit, where we are today, the realm of the unseen. Now, I had to begin to really study this ancient heart, Lucifer, that became a beast, Satan, the adversary of God, of the Heavenly Father, and of me, every human. I had to study his kingdom. I had to study what he was trying to do and the patterns that he was using. So this basic class of an ancient heart, part three of Lucifer's heart, is just to begin bringing to you what I had to learn, how I got where I am, what you will have to go through yourself if you're going to be used mightily beyond the flesh. Now remember my story is I had given food out, clothes, paid money for people, paid for them to do this, to do that, paid for school, paid for cars, gave money for clothes, for hotel rooms, helped them in the flesh all I could, and it did not change them. I prayed over them, prayed over the peanut butter and the food. They did not change spiritually. They were grateful from their soul. But I was called to work in the spirit with the spirit man. See, now Jesus is not here with us in the flesh anymore. 
He's in the spirit, giving dreams and vision. He's working spiritually. And that's where Pastor Deborah was beginning to go into that realm. So this class, part three of the basic ancient heart, is just to begin this introduction into Lucifer. And we'll pick up more as we go through him and get into Satan, the adversary of God. Lucifer, the son, the offspring of the first age, the morning. He was never the son of God. Never. He was never in the family of royal being. He was just a servant in the house of the king, of the kingdom. I have had a lot of privileges. And we'll take a look much more deeper at his ancient beginnings. And while we're looking at him and his heart and his very mind, his thoughts as Lucifer, his feelings and desires, his knowledge and wisdom, and how and what he was created to do, you will begin to see you, yourself, your early beginnings in Adam. Adam was the physical body of dust of the earth with inside. Caleb, can you see? Well, that's out. Here's the inside. With man, the spiritual creation, a non-gender being, filled with the Holy Spirit. So we have a physical body. We have the spirit called man. We have the Holy Spirit. We got three. Okay. And how his beginnings, Lucifer, will teach us a lot about ourselves and how we fell and became a beast also, just like him. Did you know he became our father? Mm-hmm. We became like him. But first we'll learn about where, what he started off so we can learn about us. When at first Lucifer was smart and wise, full of knowledge, he was right there in the throne of God. He walked in the prayers on the coals of fire. He was there. He could, okay, he was right there in the midst of everything. He was not a son. He would never inherit anything. He didn't create anything. He didn't own anything. But he was to work and labor as a servant, a helpmate to this king. And so I became through these experiences, more knowledgeable. I had to study. And I had to have this so when I'm going into this spiritual ministry to turn the hearts and the minds of the spirits in the kingdom of darkness back to the heavenly Father, I would have an understanding of what my adversary was spiritually. I was to spiritually reconnect a human spirit Back to the Heavenly Father. I had to study blessings and anointings. So I understood that. Because the blessings and the anointings. Lucifer had also. He was blessed with things. He was anointed with things. It didn't work out too well. It all got perverted. So you can. Is he still blessed with things? Yeah. But it's all perverted and twisted. He is still anointed. He still got power. He still has authority, but it's all twisted and perverted now. So I had to learn about this basic ancient heart named Lucifer before I could really get started in the ministry and not help people the way of the world. So we're going to end this part, part three, of the basic ancient heart, 
Lucifer. I'm going to get in part four, we're going to start breaking down his name, a lot of his deeds and what his purposes were and what he was called to do. What did he look like? But this was sort of just an entry into Lucifer, this basic ancient heart that I had to study, and so will you. If you want to help people truly, the Lord's way. And what is the Lord's way? The spiritual way. You can help the flesh and the soul all you want to. Mental health does that. Food banks do that. But that will not change the spirit. I'll tell you another story to tell. When I first started doing deliverance, I came home. How that was, well, I was helping a, a two other ladies and we were working with a 16 year old girl i was holding her ponytail and the deliverance worker was calling out names rebuking demonic spirits in the name of jesus and all i did was hold the ponytail and say in the blood of jesus black stuff that i had never seen was coming out of her stomach into this garbage can we did that for several hours came home when i came into my kitchen I started fixing some chicken and lamb or something to eat because I fasted food before the deliverance session. So I'm sitting down at my table in the same table in the same kitchen I'm in today. Not here, that's downstairs. And all of a sudden, I'm looking down at my food and I'm going, I don't eat that. I don't eat that kind of stuff. And I go, what was that? My spirit was still out of my body. Because even though I did not know it, when I was doing deliverance, I'm in the spirit. Because I'm going out doing spiritual battle against spiritual enemies to take care of spiritual problems that are causing problems in the soul and the physical body. My spirit had not yet sort of returned back to my body. And it had to teach me, teach its my soul, it does not eat earthly food. Then I had television on, and I'm looking with my natural eyes, my soul, at the television. He goes, I don't watch TV, unless I'm told to by the Lord. I'm going, I had to learn myself that television and earthly food is not in the realm of the spirit. The spirit does not eat peanut butter, does not eat earthly food. It does not wear earthly clothes. The soul loves it and the physical body, but not the spirit. I had to learn that I was called to work with the spirits. So I quit giving food and clothes and money to people. And even today, I'm asked from people all over the world to help orphanages and orphans and give money and give money. I go, I don't do that. That's not my calling. And I send them videos of George Mueller, who took care of 10,000 orphans in England. He never asked anybody for money. He went to God with the needs because he had a partnership with God. He never talked about his needs. He never moaned and complained about being, oh, this is such a suffering for Jesus. He never did that. He had a Bible school. He did It was between him and God. He trusted God to bring what these people needed because this was God's work that he had called George Mueller to do. 
And George believed that if God called him to do it and work with him, God was responsible for feeding the orphans, building the homes. He didn't complain in the church. He didn't tell anybody his needs. I send those videos out. It is on the website. Change my faith. My faith was very small. George was up some, but it wasn't at the Jesus level. But I recognized I had to get to where George Mueller's faith and relationship with God was. Then I could take the next leap to where Christ Jesus was. I stay in the realm of the Spirit. I stay working for the Spirit. Now, I'll go through the soul. But the soul will think all this spirit stuff and mental health and drug addiction and rehab. It's all foolishness. You've been a survivor of child abuse. All this spirit stuff is foolishness. Forgiveness of the enemy, it's foolishness. So I have to stay where I'm called. The anointing stays. So I have to tell people, sorry, don't do that. I'm staying back here in the realm of the deep spirit stuff. So I wanted to bring this introduction into Lucifer, the other basic ancient heart you must study. And you must have an understanding of him before he fell. So you'll understand the beauty of yourself before you fell. All right, you come again to part four. We'll pick up again with the basic ancient heart. We'll start looking deeper into Lucifer, the son of the first age, the son of the morning, a servant, not a creator of anything, not an owner of anything. He's a fake king, but he has set up around the, the earth a world, a government system. We all see it. Okay, that's ruling and reigning the hearts and the minds of people. We see it, and we don't like it. So until next time, you study, take notes, watch it again. I'm going to keep working. I'm working on so many videos, but we'll get there. All right. Love always and forever. Pastor Deborah, I'll see you in class. Part 4, Basic, the Ancient Heart, the Heart of Lucifer. See you then. Bye. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually. And hear how she has helped people spiritually, the Lord's way, for many, many years. Come again, watch another one. And we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments, and if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at agapeloveishere.org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.